Okay. So, this week we're reading Parshas Pekude, and it says in the uh, Medrash, the Talmud, where it says that the uh, reason we have 18 blessings in Shemana Esrei is because it says in this Victoria portion the Jewish people did what Hashem commanded Moshe, and it says it 18 times. Since it says it 18 times, the Jewish people did what Hashem commanded Moshe. Therefore, we have 18 brachas That's what the uh, Talmud says. So, the question obviously is, what's the connection between the Shemana Esrei and it being written in, in seven, 18 times, they did what Hashem commanded Moshe. The question is even greater. Although in our Shemana Esrei, when we pray, we have 19 blessings, we still call it Shemana Esrei. Why do we call it Shemana Esrei? Because originally it only had 18 blessings. The 19th blessing that was added, that was a blessing that was added to um, uh, ask Hashem to remove those who uh, uh, inform on the Jewish people, those who tried to uh, seduce the Jewish people to do, to away from their Judaism. So that additional blessing was instituted later. The sages saw that this was a great, and Ramam says this was the greatest need to defend our uh, Judaism. So therefore, we ask for other things as well in that blessing. We also ask Hashem to destroy our enemies. It's interesting in Hayom Yom it says that when you say that blessing, you're supposed to pause in the middle of it. You familiar with this? We say in the blessing, you should uproot and destroy, and, and, and then we say in subject, it says between the first three words of destruction, the fourth, you're supposed to pause. Because that blessing is about destroying the three impure eclipses. And then there is uh, the fourth clipper, Klippa Snega, Tanya, that clipper is a little more fluid, a little more flexible, and it's able to be elevated to holiness. Therefore, for that one, we say Vesachnia, that should be subjugated, that should be, that should be uh, guided towards holiness, holiness not destroyed. But the first three, Torah says, Sa'akir, Rishashabir, Samagir, to be uprooted and destroyed. So, um, so that additional blessing was instituted later, but we still call it Shemana Esrei because the main body of the, of the prayers are the original 18. So when the Gemara says that there's 18 blessings, it's not referring to, it's referring to 18. There are the 18 original blessings. But the Gemara asks if you count the words in this week's Torah portion, and you actually see how many times does it say the Jews did what God told Mesha, you'll discover it doesn't say it 18 times, it says it 19 times. So the question is, why do you have 18 blessings in Shemana Esrei? So the Gemara says, there's one of them that we skip. One, it, says, it says it 19 times, but one of them does not count. Which one's not counted? The one is one in the beginning of the Torah portion that, where it says, Betzalel did what God commanded in Mesha. doesn't mention his partner, Aliyah. doesn't mention his partner, Aliyah. That one's not counted. Obvious question again is, okay, so why do we need Aliyah to be counted for the Shemana Esrei as one of the times of Kashriti Veshemes Mesha. Why is that significant? So, to understand this, I have to first explain a little bit more about what Shemana Esrei is. Shemana Esrei is the fourth step of davening. The first step of davening is Haidu, which corresponds to this world. And then we go ascend in Shemana Esrei, we go to the world of Yitzira. So we ascend in davening. We get to Baruch Sha'amar. Baruch Sha'amar corresponds to the lower level of Gan Eden, the world of Yitzira, which the Rebbe compares the, uh, 
this world, in the letter, there compares this world to, a, to the far reaches of the kingdom. People have never heard of the king. So the beginning of, of the day, you're acknowledging Hashem, what you wake up, you're a little, you're a little tumult, a little confused. Acknowledge the Eibishter. That's how you do. Then Baruch Shalomar, you already thought a little bit about the Eibishter. So you're, you're acknowledging Hashem in a more sophisticated way. So that sophistication is talking about the greatness of Hashem in creation, and the, all the halukas and Pesukah de Zimra, and those words of praise. You're, you're, uh, you're getting into the greatness of Hashem within creation. You don't even know what your what how creation is made. It says in the Chassidus uh, that we don't have any parable for ex nihilo creation ex nihilo something out of nothing. There's no physical count, no physical representative of that. <clears throat> so we don't really we're not really uh, we're into what we're saying. We're talking about the physical world, how God created this, God created that, but it's not as deep as the blessings of Shema and the and, the, and Shema. We go, that we could reach a higher level. That that part of davening corresponds to the world of Bria, the higher level of Ganeidin. That level of davening, the third level, corresponds to the king in his throne room. Psukah de Zimra corresponds to, the, to people who have been in the throne room who have left. They've been in the throne room and they're now uh, left the throne room. They're familiar with the throne room. They're familiar with being in the presence of the king. But now they're off doing various things for the king. So that, that's like the world. That's the Psukah de Zimra. Where, where, where there's already a deep acknowledgement of the creation of Hashem, but it's, but it's not the throne room. The throne room is where we say the song of the angels and song of the souls. Kaddish, Kaddish, Kaddish is the song of the angels. Baruch is the song of the angels. Different angels, Ifanim, Chen, and Serafim. And then we get to the song of the souls. The song of the souls is Shema Yisrael. So after we go through the song of the souls, <coughs> then we go ascend further, we get to Shun Esrei, we're face to face, the highest level of davening, as the Talmud says, we're like a servant in front of his master. So, although this is the highest point of davening, yet the Gemara says, this part of davening is not connected with Betzal uh, by himself. Only with Eliyav. Who is Betzal? Who is Eliyav? Betzal was from the tribe of Yehuda. He was from the highest, most prestigious tribe. In fact, the Yehuda isn't just a more prestigious tribe. Yehuda has a very direct connection to Shemona Esrei. As it says in other places, it's that Yehuda is actually the energy of Shemona Esrei. Yehuda is about submission to Hashem. Yehuda means hoidot, total submission to Hashem. And Eliyav, his partner, was from the least prestigious tribe, the tribe of Dun, the one that walked in the back of all everybody else. Uh, it actually says that the tribe of Dun, their role was to return any lost object that anyone may have uh, forgotten or lost. They were the lost and found of the Jewish people because they walked in the back. And their walking in the back is, is not like today where we have, you know, like, like discussions about race and whatever. In, 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 in Canada, the Jewish people, we're talking about souls. The position of each, of each soul, the north and the south and the east and the west, all, all corresponds to the, to the souls of Israel. So when we say that th- th- these souls were lower, that means they were lower. They, they, they did not have what the tribe of Yehuda had. And uh, they, 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 were, they were not the uh, heads of the tribes. They were not the leaders of the Jewish people. Yehuda was the leaders of the Jewish people. Yes, everyone has something unique to, unique to, to contribute. In a way, the feet are the head of, are, are, your feet are more important than your head. If you're talking about you need to move around, but still the feet are um, the least sensitive of the body. Uh, the heels is called in 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 Osir, not the angel of death in the person. So, so 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 if we're talking the lowest level of the of, of tribe, 
Eliyav done, uh, why is it in order to get to Shemona Esrei, you have to have Eliyav? Shemona Esrei is the highest part of davening. It's the highest level. It's a world of Atzilus. So the question may explain what Atzilus is and what Shemona Esrei is. Instead of getting an answer, we have a greater question. So to understand this, let's look at another word in this Talmudic passage where it says that... Um, that the 18 blessings of Shemana Esrei correspond to the 18 times it says, and God commanded Moshe in, as a word, not just in the story of the tabernacle, it says in the story of the second tabernacle. And there's only one tabernacle. What's about the second? No, there's two temples, and the third one will be rebuilt. What's the meaning of the second tabernacle? As we learned last week, um, there are um, two places in the Torah the Torah describes the tabernacle. There is in Parshas Trumat Tzaveh where God commands Moshe Rabbeinu to build the tabernacle. He says, make the ta- altar, make the table, make the menorah. And then there is this Torah portion where it says they did it. But instead of the Torah saying they just did it, the Torah says they made the table that God commanded Moshe. They made the, they made the altar that God commanded Moshe. It goes in detail of every single thing that they did. And it seems redundant. The Torah could have just said they did it. They did it. Why does it have to say they made this and they made that again and again? So the similar questions asked about the 12 repetitions of the various sacrifices that each tribe brought when the temple was inaugurated. They all brought exactly the same thing. Reuben brought the same thing. Shem brought the same thing. Yehuda brought the same thing. So it could have, the Torah could have said they all brought the same thing. Everyone, every prince, every leader, every tribe came to the temple on the first day of Nisan when, the, when the, the tabernacle was inaugurated and they then gave the honor of Yehuda, Nachshan, leader of the tribe of Yehuda, to, to bring his sacrifice. He brought his sacrifice. And Shimon brought, and instead of saying they all brought the same thing that the guy who brought on the first day, they say, no, on the second day, psh, guess what happened? Yusachar brought a sacrifice. And what did Yusachar bring? You wouldn't believe it. He brought this, and he brought this, and he brought this. It doesn't say he brought the same, it doesn't even say he brought the same thing. It could have even made it, like, like in the middle, it could have said, Yisachar brought a sacrifice in day two, and he brought the same thing. No, it goes, Yisachar brought a sacrifice, and he brought A and B, and there's like, not, not, there's like 20 different items there. And so the question is, why is it repeated again? And the answer is, Talmud says, that although, the Bendish says, although they brought the same items, each tribe had a different reason for bringing the same items. And in, as Rebbe once said, the reason we need, we need the, the, the reason for something, the kavana of something, we have kavana. We know there's certain kavanas. You're supposed to have kavana. You put on tefillin. Kavana. Yishmitz has a kavana. The purpose of a kavana, of intent, of the meaning of something, that you should know more information. Is as Rebbe says, all the dinamim. It's supposed to permeate. You're supposed to take you somewhere. The, the, the kavana is supposed to go touch your neshama. You're supposed to get involved with the kavana. Why? Because the reality of what you're doing is connected to its inner meaning. The reality of film, it's not, it's not, the, it's not the, the leather, it's not the black leather, it's, not, it's, it's, it's kavana, that's what it is. So what's the reality of Nachshon's sacrifice? Nachshon's sacrifice had to do with his kavana. So it's a different kind of sacrifice. They brought the same items. Why are you talking about the same items? Ruvain brought this and Shimon brought that. They were completely different items. They had, they had, they had, they had different intent, and therefore they're not considered the same thing. In a similar way, the, when the Torah says that God spoke to Moshe and he said, I want them to build me a tabernacle, the Talmud says that there was 
a spiritual temple erected in heaven. God's words, God's words are considered like an action. So when God said, build me a, a, a altar, poof, there was a spiritual altar. Build me a menorah, poof, there was a spiritual menorah. And this Torah portion talks about how they actually built the tabernacle, they actually built the Jewish people, not Maish Rabbeinu, not on, well, Maish is on the mountain of God where he doesn't even eat or drink, but the Jewish people, physical people, taking physical things, making these physical things to be a home for Hashem. So, it's called, the, sec- so the Talmud calls this the second tabernacle. It's called the second one because there's a spiritual one. In fact, the whole reason why there's a spiritual one, even though you'd think that's the one that's, that's, that's much better, but nevertheless, the Talmud says that that one's not the one that God desires. That's not the one that makes a home for God. Rather, it's the physical one that we make from our physical things in this world, that we built human, as human beings in this world. That's the one that God says, I will dwell there. I will be there. I will be in the physical one. Is it called the second tabernacle? Because it's... Where, where was it? Oh, in, in the Talmud Yerushalm, the Jerusalem Talmud. So, um, so it's called a different tabernacle. There's a spiritual tabernacle. This is called a second tabernacle. It's a, there, is a, there's, there is another one, another one in heaven. In fact, the interesting thing, it says that just like we have in, in the tabernacle, it says there's, there were these pillars. So too it says that there are angels which stand in reverence to Hashem. They have the similar word that Torah uses. They're oimed and they're standing there. They, they, they parallel the uh, physical temple, the, the angelic beings of the Seraphim, we find them. They somehow par- parallel the, the beams in the, in the tabernacle. Okay. So, so the, the Prayer of Shemana Esrei, although it's the highest prayer, it actually has a connection to the most physical things. In the Shema, we don't talk about the physical things. In Shema, you're supposed to reach a place, Hashem Echad, all there is is Him. You're supposed to realize that the seven heavens and the earth, it's all Him. You're not thinking about yourself. In Shemana Esrei, it's interesting. The highest part of davening, that's the place where all of a sudden you are asking for this and asking for that. Like, you would think, in the, like I learned last week that story about that guy, who, that tzaddik who was coughing and his son gave him the tea. You think, you wouldn't be talking about the physical. You wouldn't talk about your even spiritual needs. In the throne room, which is the world of Bria, there it doesn't make sense to ask him for physical things. But in Shemana Esrei, how much more so? Shemana Esrei, there it says, is compared to the king in his private chambers. King in his private chambers, all there is is the king. And yet, not only am I asking for my needs spiritually, I'm asking predominantly Shemana Esri is about the physical needs so, so why is it the Shemana Esri which is the highest prayer why is it why is it connected to the most physical things there's a difference between between Shema and Shemana Esri Shema I, mean, I just want to point out in Shema we're also talking a little bit we're talking about the physical as well when we say Shema we say Hashem is Echad we don't say he's Yachid Echad means Echad is, Echad is an acronym for Aleph, which means the master of the world, Ches is equal to eight, which refers to the all of existence going upwards from the seven heavens and the earth. And Dalit is, 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 corresponds to the four directions. Shema also means to gather. Shema means to gather your whole being and to realize that everything in your life, not just you know, in a theoretical way, it's all one with Hashem, but to think deeply about everything in your life and how it comes, all connected to Hashem. We're not asking for anything. 
Shema is about the recognition of the Hashem's truth in a real way, but it's not about you. Shema is a time of dveikus. Shema is a time of, of attachment to Hashem. And Shema Esrei is even higher. It's a little about Silos. Shema Esrei is a king in his throne room. And yet, Shema Esrei, because it's so high, as the famous Hasidic flip, Hasidic, Hasidic teaches, whatever is, a high, whatever is higher, they are to reach a lower place. That's why in Shema we sit down. When you sit down, your feet are in a different place than your head. Your head is in one place, your feet in another place. There's, there's a separation. When you stand, there's a line connecting your, your head and your feet. It's, 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 it. Because Shemina Esrei is the world of Atsilus, the highest world, it has a power to connect us in a very physical way, Tasha. How so? What, what's happening, Shemina Esrei? Shemina Esrei... Shemina Esrei... You're turning to Hashem. You're asking Hashem about the things in your life. You're asking them to be, to be changed, the physical things. You're, you're, you're talking about what's going on in your life, Tashem. Saying this is going on and that's going on. And, uh, and you're asking this should happen and that should happen. The word in Hebrew for tefillah, tefillah means connection. And when, when the Talmud uses the word tefillah, usually it's not talking about the whole davening. Tefillah means specifically Shmanesh. Shmanesh is a connection point. In Shema, there's no connection. In Shema, there's no connection because in Shema is about the oneness of Hashem. It's about Him. It's not about you. When you make a connection to Hashem, when you make a connection to Hashem, when you're thinking about what you need and what you want, what's going on, and you're asking Hashem for it, that's, that's, that's when there's a real connection to Hashem. So because Shmanesh is the highest point of davening, that's why we're able to reach this this real connection to Hashem in a very down-to-earth way. We're able to ask Hashem for A, B, and C because Shemun Esrei is so high. It's kind of like Rosh Hashanah specifically, which is the, the highest part of time of the year. Then in that, and on Rosh Hashanah, we ask Hashem, and the highest part of Rosh Hashanah is we ask Hashem for our physical needs. And as we learned about Rosh Hashanah, that it's not, just, it's not just a selfish thing. We're asking Hashem when we're at the highest point of, of the year, although we're asking for, our, for things that we want, we're asking for the purpose of serving Hashem. Perhaps a similar thing to Shemun Esri, in the highest part of davening, we're asking for the things that we want in our life, we're also we're in a little of that elevated state, we're asking, perhaps we're asking for them more selflessly. But forget about that, the selfless and why we're asking. The very fact that you turn to God with a complete faith, and you have a problem with your memory, help me think better. Or you're having a problem trying to figure something out. David's over there in UPS, and he's trying to figure out how to make the logistics, and he's getting, get, getting slack from, 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 from the, the, the manager over there, and, well, may, 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 and he's asking the Abish, help me out with this thing. So that's, that's a connection to Hashem. That's real. You, you hear the reality of that? That's reality. Shema is not connection. Shema is about dveikos, cleaving to Hashem. It's not about con- it's not making a connection. That's why the Gemara, when it talks about tefillah, the word tefillah comes to the word that says that um, when Naphtali was born, when Naphtali comes to the word connection. So tefillah is about connection. When we make a connection to Hashem, connection to Hashem is Nishman You say, Hashem, I want. By the way, it's, it's parenthetically important point. It says in holy books that davening is compared to an, an, a bow and arrow. Just like when you shoot a bow and arrow, the closer you bring the, bring the arrow to yourself, the farther the arrow reaches. So too, when you dive in, the more sincere you are in your prayers, the more of an impact that the prayers have. The more you bring it closer to your heart, the, more, the farther it reaches. But 
although it's so sincere, Shmona Esrei is very brief. Shmona Esrei sounds like an Israeli ordering falafel. How so? When you order falafel, what do you say? You say, sim chips, sim tuna, sim falafel, sim, put this, put, oh, we do the same thing, Shmona Esrei, sim, uh, want some, shalom tovo, bracha, chaim, chaim, chesed, rachman, give me, a, B, and C. Why is it so brief? It's such a solemn moment. Why is it so brief? And the answer is, why, you know, it's, it's why it's so solemn. It's so solemn because it comes from the essence of the neshama. And therefore, there's no, there's no, when things are really touch you very deeply, there's no, there's no preamble, there's no pre- pre- preface. It's, it's just straight from the heart what you need. Because when, when, if you're able to, 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 to explain it, it's not coming, it's, it's, it's not a, a critical need. Like, uh, the Jews in Ukraine, Guess, what do you guys need? They wouldn't answer with the whole explanation. Well, um, there's Putin and there's the president. And we just want there to be peace over here. Or they wouldn't even say, it's peace. The more you care about something, the less, the less, um, the less words are used. Okay. So, when the essay is connection. So, similarly, when it says in the Mishkan, Mishkan, the Mishkan the Jewish people built, that built a connection to Hashem. They made a physical place for Hashem. That made a connection. So the Torah uses the words, when they, when, when they built the tabernacle, what does the Torah say? They did what God commanded Mesha. The word commandment, siva, also means connection. So when did they make a connection with Hashem? When they built the physical tabernacle. So now we understand the relationship between the Esrei and the Mishkan. When is there a connection to Hashem? The connection to Hashem is in the physical Mishkan. And corresponding to the physical mission that they built out of their stuff in their house, the Yankel went home and took his drapes down. He brought it to Mesha to put in the Mishkan. In a similar way, when we go to Shemana Esri, we say, Hashem, help me with this, help me with that. By the way, I just want to mention regarding memory specifically, the Rebbe said to Rabbi Ashkenazi that thinking you don't have a good memory messes up your memory. So you shouldn't, when you're davened for memory, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't think you have a bad memory. And the previous Rebbe wrote to my grandfather, confidence in all of your faculties strengthens them, especially memory. Okay, so so, so Esri is a very real connection to Hashem. So, the, so now we can explain the question you asked before, how come the one time it says Bitzal uh, by himself, he's not, that one's not counted to correspond to Esri. Only the time where it mentions Aliyah, that corresponds to Esri. That's counted as one of the 18 times that uh, we have a blessing in Shmanasra. The first time it says, God command Misha, thank you everyone. Yeah. He's by the clock, this guy. The first time it says, Hashem commanded Misha, Kashit Hashem, since it, men- since it doesn't mention Aliyah, it's not counted. It doesn't mention Aliyah, it's not counted. Why not? Why, why doesn't mention Aliyah, it doesn't count it? I mentioned before, Aliyah was the lowest of the tribes. His, his, he was the least prestigious tribe. Before we begin davening, we say, I accept upon myself the mitzvah, of love your fellow as yourself. And the last time Debbie spoke, which was 30 years ago, this, this past Shabbos, Bayakil, Pashashkolim, Debbie said, people say Harini Makabel by themselves in their room before they go out to go for the ask for all their needs. They connect themselves with Jews all over the world, set upon themselves a mitzvah of Sisrael. That's how they enter Davin. As the um, previous Rebbe, I think, asked his father, why we say, why we say before Davin. The Rizal says we're supposed to say this before davening. We don't have all the Kabbalah of the Rizal we don't say before davening. This is what we do say. Why? Because before you ask your father for something, the, what, what makes your father in the best mood, so to speak, is when he sees that his children are getting along. So before you ask our father, the Abisha, for something, we first make a decision, we'll be in touch, we'll, we're going to love everyone. 
So, in order to get to the Shemana Esrei connection, Shemana Esrei brings this connection of the physical and the spiritual. To make that connection, Shemana Esrei, it starts with connecting with each other. Not connecting just with the Bitzal like kind of Jews. Bitzal means the shadow of God, Bitzal Kale. Connecting with the shadow of God, Jews, that's not, that's not, that, that's not going to connect, bring you to Shemana Esrei. Shemana Esrei is about making a connection with Hashem in a very real, down to earth way, in a physical way, to bring the Brach of Hashem in the physical world. To bring the Brach of Hashem in the physical world. To make, to see, you ask Hashem for something. And the response, Hashem, is make something happen in your life. That kind of connection is achieved by. by to make that kind of connection in you make that connection first in yourself. By connecting not just with the Bitzal kind of you, but the guys who step on your feet because they're just uncouth. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have any kuth. That's the way to get to Shemineser. The way to get to Shemineser, the way to bring the brachas of Hashem is by connecting with all the people, the people that you think that they're more aliyah kind of people, they're more done kind of people. That's the key to get into the, uh, the real connection of the Yibishti. Any questions, comments? Um, yeah, when, when um, you know, they talk about the mitzvahs, there's 613 mitzvahs in the Torah, and then the rabbis added seven mitzvahs, right? Now, is that, uh, and within those seven, I believe it's the, um, to say the Shema, right? No, that's the biblical. Okay, so that's biblical. So where did we derive that the Shema has got to be sent by a certain time? Also biblical. Also, it says in the Torah, when you lie down and when you wake up. So, so we learn that the time people go to sleep, time people people wake up. Okay. Dave, thank you for coming, man. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, you know, it made the most sense. You know.